This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Brian Reisman. Welcome to Side Jams, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'd like to thank Pantheon sponsor AKG for their support of this podcast. If you like what you hear, please dive into other episodes and subscribe or follow to keep up with the latest ones. Hello, everyone. This is Simone from Epica, and you're listening to Side Jams with Brian Reisman. Straddling the realms of metal and classical, Finnish soprano Elina Sirla has commanded the stage fronting German symphonic metal band Leaves Eyes. In fact, this podcast is coming out on her five-year anniversary with the band. Her second album with them, The Last Viking, is out now and showcases her impressive vocal prowess. Elina originally came to the attention of the veteran rockers when they saw her perform with her own band, Angel Nation, on the European festival circuit a few years ago. She still occasionally performs in the classical world too, and you can find some of those appearances on YouTube. You'll also likely be hearing her on the forthcoming Atrocity album, as that epic death metal group shares the same roster with Leaves Eyes. Beyond music, Elena loves fitness and food. For episode 44 of Side Jams, we spoke about her being able to enjoy lots of healthy food while staying in shape, doing exercises that don't adversely affect her vocals, and the revelation of her family's childhood ritual of a weekly candy day, which she still maintains. That's something I can certainly appreciate. Elena also discussed changing her workout routines with gyms being closed during the pandemic, and we delved into her dining adventures when she's been on the road. I'd only briefly met her once before at a New York concert, so it was great to have a full-fledged conversation with her. We actually met, we met briefly when you guys played New York City last time. My girlfriend and I came back and talked to Alex and Tasso and got in some big conversation. Yeah, I think I was getting ready or something. I remember vaguely, but I was a little bit like in and out. I think, I think <laughs> it was at the end of the show, but you, I think you were just okay. kind of decompressing and... Uh, yeah, yeah, I see. Chilling out. I mean, I hadn't seen Alex in a long time. I mean, I, I actually was in this, the original Master Sound Studio 15 years ago. Oh, okay. So I saw the original setup. I, I have no idea what it looks like now. I mean, it's, it's in a different... It's not in, I don't think it's in the city anymore, is it? It's in the countryside? Oh, you haven't seen the one uh, that's actually where he lives, in the, in the countryside. No, I'd heard he was doing that, yeah, but I didn't get a chance yeah. to. Yeah, oh, yeah, then it's, yeah, you should. Well, I hope you can visit. It's very nice there. <laughs> I'm enjoying the new Leaves Eyes, The Last Viking. Uh-huh. And what's interesting also is I'm going through trying to find performances of you, and then I'm like, oh, so yes, you're classically trained, but you're also still performing classical music. Like I found you at an art opening, and then there's a recital with you and a pianist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I recently, actually, well, recently, a couple of years, three years ago, I kind of got back to it a little bit more. Okay. Um, just to, you know, because I like to keep those roots kind of alive and stuff. I really like singing classical music as well, so. Yeah, and that's my sister-in-law playing the piano. So we had a nice little duo going there. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Her. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, you hear about all these singers that are classically trained, which a lot of them are. I mean, in in the metal world in Europe, particularly now, that's a very common thing, uh, especially since the symphonic metal thing blew up like 15 years ago. I think it's just there's a yeah. lot of that. But it's nice to see. It's interesting too because I'm watching you at this doing O Sole Mio, and you're 
you're actually standing back at least a couple feet from the microphone. You know? <laughs> Do you adjust some of your singing when you're doing rock music? Because you have the mic right in front of you. Is there a, a, a different technique when you're doing the two? I mean, you're singing in a classical style anyway with Lee's eyes, but is there a difference? Yeah, more or less. Not not really completely, at least not all the time. The, the highest parts for sure, but not really the other. It's kind of some mixture I'm using there. But but uh, yeah, it's completely different, obviously. I mean, I don't usually ever have any microphone when I'm singing classical music. It's just because that art opening, they had these uh, PA system there that has had the music. Yeah. So they just wanted to have a little bit of... Um, Amplification, yeah. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) For my voice, so it wouldn't drown, but I think actually would have been fine without it as well. But but yeah, it's a different kind of technique because basically the microphone that you use on stage picks up whatever is is closest so you shouldn't pull the microphone either other you know otherwise it'll pick everything around you so that's that's kind of the dynamic microphone so yeah it's it's very different technique and different kind of vibe and everything for sure so i'm noticing too like some of the recent leaves eyes stuff has also got some celtic influences yeah for sure i think they've always kind of had that a little bit and all the elements and everything but yeah you are right maybe a little bit more recently that's true more pronounced yeah you know a german band into like nordic history and mythology where did you grow up originally i'm from helsinki so in finland um and yeah i grew up there um kind of how would you call it maybe suburb (laughs) so not in the city but maybe like 30 minutes from the city and I had a forest right next to us and it was really nice actually nice area to grow up in and then we also have this amazing summer place summer house in eastern Finland actually right next to where um, Tuomas from from Nightwish lives (laughs) so Kite it's, it's the same area it's the lands of our family there so wow. that's kind of been part of my childhood since yeah i was a, a baby so yeah i really like that so now how do you properly pronounce your name in finnish yeah elina sirala sirala <laughs> sirala sirala okay good because when i do the intro that way i i'll, I'll ah, practice it and get it right because like i remember i was yeah, reviewing i interviewed elise from amaranth and her last name, yeah. you, in English, you think it's ride, but I think it's rid. Like, it's not exactly the same. Ah, you know, yeah, that's true. So yeah. I, 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 I just sort of like, I don't want to, I, I try my best anyway. To, <laughs> my, mo- yeah, yeah, I mean, my, my mom grew up in Cuba, so I, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people mispronounce Spanish names, and I'm like, oh. Ah, yeah. So that's, that. it's only the, I think people struggle with the two eyes. Si, si, rola. Si, rola. Yes. Yeah. Si, rola. Yeah, that's fine. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> On top of talking about music, obviously, I, you know, the whole side jams thing is to talk about people's like outside passions and hobbies. Well, I know that, you know, one of your big passions outside of music is fitness. So I assume you're, are you working out a lot during all, all this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You mean like now or during the pandemic? Or, oh, yeah. Or... In general, but I imagine you're probably getting more workout time in now. In a way, yeah. But but uh, gyms are closed, so I have to do it here at home. I, I Yeah. So it's a little bit trickier, but I have been... Yeah, definitely spending some time on that. <laughs> what would you normally do in the gym? And then how have you translated that to being at home? Well, it's just a difference that at the gym, you, you will have the possibility to use a lot heavier weights. So you can really like, you know, put yourself in a little bit different way at home. 
for some moves it just it's not really possible like squats and stuff you would need a squat rack so i don't have it <laughs> so it's a little bit impossible to do some stuff uh, but but it's i found this great um in a trainer online who's actually american and she, she's really good so i've been she's been kicking my ass it's <laughs> been great actually <laughs> Yeah, you have to have two disciplines. You have to have your singing and you have to have the fitness. Well, yeah. I mean, I think they complement each other as well because I like to keep healthy and, and uh, stay stay healthy as well. It helps with the immune system like when you work out and it helps with the conditioning for singing, being on stage. It's, it's a nice combination, I think. And one is more like, you know, you have your ways. Okay, it can be a little bit creative yeah, with yeah. the work, but not so much like like music and singing. So. Well, I mean, is, how much how much do you tend to work out every day? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm doing depending a little bit. Uh, I usually do about an hour, so I have to divide. You know, I do upper body, lower body, then some abs or whatever. But like for example, two days ago. I did such a heavy workout that I'm still hurting so much that I couldn't no. do anything anything yesterday or today. So I just tried to go outside, get some fresh air, have some walk on the uh, by the river. So just you know, a little rest day in between. Well, like I know some people like to work out a lot. I'm assuming there's certain there must be a limit that you have to. I assume there's such things working out too much. You can push your body yeah, too far. yeah, it can be. Yeah, I've noticed it as well. It's it's it starts to be. Is it degenerating the word? Like it's it, you start noticing that you're just constantly tired and your your muscles don't recover and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, you have to keep the balance and make sure you get enough proteins and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I've always been lazy about working. I got to start doing exercise. This is actually the perfect time to do it because <laughs> I mean, I actually, as a writer, I have so much work right now that I'm actually not even worrying about that. I pace around my apartment, so I joke that's how I keep the calories off. It's just this constant like right. editing something and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I imagine working at home is different than a gym because a gym you have a bit more freedom in terms of space to do things. That's true. Yeah, but also there's a lot of a lot more people there, so sometimes you have to <laughs> have to wait, and oh, it can be a little bit annoying as well. But I think I can do a lot at home as well, actually, much more than I realized, and because it was kind of forced upon me now because of there's no other option. Have there been some creative solutions that you've had during the pandemic for exercising? Anything specific? Well, yeah, I'm using at the moment. I have I bought these um, barbells. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't have a bar, so I'm using at the moment peas from my photography stems. Yeah. So I'm just using that, and I put it on there, and I try to find something to lock it so it doesn't, you know, slide out. So I've, I've yeah, created stuff like that <laughs> just to have something. I know. Do you have to clear out a space? Ah, the space is all right, actually. I don't have to move so much, so it's all right. Just move the table a bit, and then it's okay. Being a singer, there's certain exercises that you shouldn't do that might affect your voice, might affect your chest, your diaphragm. Um, well, yeah, a little bit. Sometimes if you do really heavy ab workouts and your diaphragm and your abs get really tight, then yeah, I notice that it can affect the breathing a little bit. So yeah, for sure it can be. And then like, you know, neck and, and stuff like that, if it's really tense, it can affect your, your muscles around the larynx. 
and stuff like that, but not so much. I mean, I try not to really worry about it too much. Otherwise, it becomes too neurotic about everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it seems like you're the official Leaves Eyes merchandise woman as well. Like they have you posing in every possible T-shirt. Here's our latest merch. And Alita's yeah, wearing it. I got sent this massive box with everything and just, yeah, because now it was tricky with the pandemic and, and, and we also had really cool girlies. So I was actually happy to wear them and, and model them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the men's t-shirts are a little bit, I didn't know how to pose with them, but yeah. <laughs> it's a little different. Now when you're on tour, well, how often do you guys stay in hotels and how often are you on the tour bus and how does that affect your daily regimen? Yeah, there's not really much hotels at all. I mean, usually the bus is being used for traveling, so we travel during the night, and then you are, you know, <laughs> have the gig. But then if there's a day off, then sometimes we get a day room, so you can, you know, have a little rest and shower there. Everybody uses, like, one room and stuff like that. It's really depending on the gigs, to be honest, shows that kind of dictates what the schedule is and, and what's your day rhythm uh, when we were on tour with Camelot, I had actually really good opportunity because the sound check, we always had it certain times. So I kind of knew when I have to be there. So I, in the morning, I often went, found a gym nearby in the new city and went there and then came back for the sound check. And uh, yeah, it was cool. Whenever you go on tour, you get these little adventures. Like when you're, when you're on tour, when you have free time, do, how do you explore the city? Do you, do you just go out and wander around and see what's there? Um, well, yeah, I mean, that also depends a little bit um, where we are and how's the weather and, and about everything. Often we go together and eat something, maybe look at something, what's interesting in that place. Uh, yeah, it depends really a lot <laughs> on everything. Yeah, usually when, I go in a, when I'm in a new place, I'm like, all right, well, I'll just walk out. I'll just make sure I have a map yeah. so I know how to get back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's just like the best thing is, all right, let's just see what's in the neighborhood and go out. I guess it's harder for you guys because you only have a limited amount of time when you're going from city to city. I usually try to map out. When I did those junkets, I would map something out, right? I have, I like, all right, I have these two free days, so I'm just going to make sure I go here and here and then try to find mm -hmm. stuff on the way. Um, I mean, obviously, if you also want to eat healthy on the road, I mean, how much do you actually take with you? And then how much, how hard is it to find things when you're out on the road? Yeah, that also depends a lot because, you know, sometimes you, you have access to, let's say, like supermarkets every day and then sometimes you have nothing for days and also catering depends a lot. And in Europe, we've had pretty good catering, so you have nice breakfast. Usually everything is, is quite good and I just buy some extra stuff usually for myself to have in the bus just in case I get hungry or something. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm addicted to bananas, so <laughs> I have to have, have to have bananas all the time. Why is that? So at least two times a day, since I was a kid, it's a thing. So I always have my banana <laughs> storage in my bunk. <laughs> I'm actually starting to have like fruit for breakfast. I get like these fruit sort of assortments at the supermarket. I mean, I could get, I sometimes I just get bananas and apples, but sometimes I just like to have the mix, like melon and <laughs> pineapple and uh, whatever else. I've always been very bad about eating my vegetables, so I've gotten better. Oh. I appreciate spinach now as an adult, which I certainly wouldn't oh. have as a kid. Like if I have a good, have a good meal, I'm like, all right, I can do some spinach with that. That's okay. <laughs> now, you also like to cook. Well, yeah, I like to cook. Um, I, I, I obviously need to cook for myself, so yeah, and I, I do like it. 
it's not always that I, it's like sometimes a little bit like, oh, can't be arsed cooking. But then when you start, it actually is really nice and I enjoy it and I like eating. I really love eating. So, <laughs> <laughs> so food is my, uh, one of my passions as well. So yeah, it's, it's um, something I like to try sometimes new things and, and, and sometimes they come out nice, sometimes not so nice. But... What are the things that you're good at making? Oh, wow, that's, oh, um, well, I like making curries, um, different kind of curries, either kind of more coconut paste, coconut milk paste, or, or then more kind of more Indian style. And then what else? Well, I guess different kind of pastas also, mm -hmm. but not so often. And I love making oven potato, like the roast oven potatoes, for example, mm. with some fish or something. I, I really, but that's not really cooking, but <laughs> it just tastes nice. <laughs> it's a challenge loving food and wanting to stay in shape. Yeah, true. But I think you can eat a lot as well, you know, as long as you don't just eat really unhealthily all the time. It's, it's you know, normal food is not bad for you. You need to eat still. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure when you guys come to America, it's a very different kind of diet that we have over here. Well, yeah, it was a little bit trickier there to to stay healthy, I have to admit. I mean, of course, when we stopped like at Walmarts, then we could just pick whatever we wanted. But also in the bus, you have a limited space, so you can't just buy like a massive amount because then, you know, you have to consider everyone else on the bus as well. How much do you get to cook on the road on the on a tour bus? No, not at all. There's not really any cooking. It's just snacking some, you know, nuts and, and fruit and maybe slice of bread and yeah, some yogurt or something like that, but not really cooking, no. Yeah, I figured. I mean, I, I love going and trying new food in certain places. Has there been any like any surprise food discoveries that you've found in Europe or the States, like a, a cool restaurant you went to or something you didn't expect to find? Yeah, for sure. There's been some, I think Yoris also remembers, we, we all remember this place. I think it was Seattle, if I'm not wrong. Okay. There was this one place that had the most amazing red curry, red Thai curry. It was a small place, just, you know, we were trying to find somewhere and it was just really amazing. It was quite close to the venue. <clears throat> we went there twice and we had other, of course, like I ate some cool, um, there's some very cool place in Japan as well. I went with our, um, well, actually she was kind of the organizer there. So she took me, well, the other guys wanted to go to an Indian restaurant in Japan. I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and eat Japan, Jap Japanese food. So, so yeah, it was a, also quite good. It was the place that only made this specific, uh, meat. So only just this kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it was really good, very good as well. Yeah, I remember going to Germany, and I, there was a good Italian restaurant in Berlin that I liked. You know, my dad's like, so why would you have it? Look for Italian food in Germany. I'm like, well, it's it's a, they're a neighboring country, pretty much. So like, <laughs> it, they're close enough that like, yeah, they're gonna be a, they're gonna be Italian immigrants. Now, I was with the Blind Guardian guys 20 years ago. It's like, yeah, don't order Mexican food in Germany because there, there just there aren't that many Mexicans in Germany. Now, what's interesting is that. The Turkish food in Germany is really good because they have the largest population of Turks outside of that country. So if you wanted yeah. an amazing donor kebab, that's true. Stuttgart, yeah. Berlin was a, a, a place in Berlin that was near. Um, it's the kind of cool artists Kreuzberg, mm -hmm. a cool artist area. It's kind of like I guess sort of like the East Village of of Berlin, and 
this little place and it was like the best food. I mean, obviously the meat in Europe is again, different. You guys don't have all the GMO stuff. Oh, um, hey. You guys also have portions. I remember the first time I was in Germany, I got a steak and it was, for me, it was small. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, what uh, is this? I'm like, I was like, oh, it's a serving. Yeah. <laughs> There's no supersize over here. Yeah. Have you, have you actually found, have you found European restaurants or being influenced by American portions or is it stayed pretty much the same? Um, I don't think I've ever had such big portions than I had in the, in the, in the States. <laughs> no, nowhere near. I remember one place where I had this pasta and it was literally so big and I felt bad because I just couldn't finish it. Like I, I ate maybe, maybe one fourth of it. Wow. And it still, and it looked like no one had even touched it. And I felt so bad because I hate, you know, wasting food. Yeah, I'm and I way. said to the waiter, like, I'm sorry, but I cannot eat more. I'm so stuck. Well, yeah, it, that, that is kind of the weird thing. And I, I've realized that I think that's the tricky part, too. Like even people who want to eat better, you know, cost more. So part of the reason I think with the problem we have here is that it's cheaper for people to eat just fast food and, and crappy yeah. food. and. I look at some vegetarian restaurants, and sometimes I think there are some of them are are, are well are reasonably priced, and some of them are crazy expensive. And I'm like, but it's vegetables. Yeah. Like someone's like, well, it depends on the how fresh they are, where you're getting it from. You know, there are different factors that go into that too. It is tricky. Is it easier in Europe to eat on a budget than it is? Do you think in the than in the states? Oh, hard to say. I, I I think it also depends completely in which country in Europe you live, because it it varies also a lot to the price of food uh, is different in, in different countries. But I, I think it's kind of the same, same situation everywhere that if you want really, you know, fresh and, and good quality, let's say, you know, vegetables and, and meat and stuff, then it will be a little bit more expensive, unfortunately. Now you're living in Germany now. Yeah. How is eating in, in your home country different than Germany? How's the, how's the diet different? Oh, oof. Well, yeah, that's a good question. Um, what would be the traditional foods? I don't know if I eat them so much. Like in in Germany, I don't I don't really eat the traditional German foods. Maybe not so much, and yeah. also maybe not Finnish foods. So hard to say in that way. But yeah, I just I think it's it's in every country or every culture you you find something awesome in the the way they eat and and you know what what dishes they, they make and what's kind of tradition there. So, but I, I'm also not much of a meat eater. I don't eat so much meat. So yeah. the German heavy sausages and stuff is not my, <laughs> I, I <laughs> not never, I never got into that either, to be really honest with you. I've never been like, I go to Germany and I don't really have a lot of German food. I tend to eat other cuisine there. Yeah. Um, or like, I think somebody took me to an Austro-Hungarian restaurant in Germany and now I'm forgetting the name. I should, I should remember all this stuff, but it's been so long since I've been there. It's funny because I think some of the German bands I interviewed don't always eat a lot of German food either. <laughs> they eat other types yeah. of things. But it is sort of funny when you go to other countries. I mean, was the Indian food that they had in Japan, was it actually good Indian food? Or was it like the Japanese version of Indian food? Yeah, I don't know. You have to ask the guys. It's funny, too, because like we have, you know, like we have Chinese food here, but it's not really Chinese food. It's Chinese-American yeah. food. And there's yeah. like there's a new movement that's actually happening here where – I think there's one, there's a, a restaurant, I, I've written about food business also, there's a place called Junzi Kitchen, and they do, 
I think it's like northern northern Chinese. Like people are trying to do regional cuisine now because evidently what's happened with the Chinese restaurants in this country is we're used to the kind of cliche offerings because it's people who came over 30 years ago as opposed mm-hmm. to younger immigrants now who have all the newer recipes and are eating differently. Yeah. Have you found that in, in Germany? Is there like, do you find certain types of food have been the same for a long time or do you find people bringing in new things from other countries now? Well, I have to admit that I don't really eat much in the restaurants. Mm. Uh, I, I tend to just, you know, cook myself at home. Oh, so good. I'm not expert on, on any, any kind <laughs> of restaurant. But, uh, but you, could be, you could be right in that, that maybe it is changing a little bit. But I'm sure there are always going to be those, you know, like the tradi- traditional yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, foods that people always kind of want to have when they think about, you know, Chinese or, or Indian or whatever. So it, it's interesting. It's interesting, as you say, because the, the fast food as well doesn't always have to be so unhealthy. It, can, it could also be a little bit, you know, fresher yeah. and, and healthier and, 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 like you said, something new or moder- more modern or whatever, more authentic. But it's just that, yeah, what people then want, I guess... I think the millennials and people that are like probably like really like sort of 30s and under fresh is definitely a buzzword. I think the organic stuff's become more of a buzzword. It's funny in New York City, you'll find people that call themselves an organic deli and they have like five organic items, but it just sounds cool to have that outside. <laughs> okay. But I, I do notice, I think, I think it's interesting. I do think younger people just are living differently. Like there's, there are people raising their kids vegetarian and they didn't actually tell their kids they're raising them vegetarian. The kids just want to be raised vegetarian. Or they're aware of the environment a lot more. I kind of feel like my generation and older is a lot more stubborn about all of this stuff. Could be. Yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of trying not to maybe think about it too much. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm aware of all these things that I, I think I, I, I like to eat in a way that makes me feel good. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't obsess about anything. I eat everything, but, <laughs> but you know, if, I, if I notice that something doesn't make me feel so good, then I, I don't, you know, put it in my mouth. <laughs> Even though I have to admit that I still eat way too much candy. And even though I know it makes me feel horrible, I still do it. <laughs> oh, choc- I'm, I'm a chocoholic. And now I think I've, I think I've started developing, I mean, I developed acid reflux a bit in the last few years. So chocolate's one of the things that sets it off. I'm like, no. Yeah, I know. I mean, you can do things in moderation unless it becomes an intolerance. For people who want to be, even do simple things to get in better shape and eat better, do you have any simple tips that you would offer people who are trying to improve their diet? Yeah, I mean, it's, of course, would be useful to see what their diet is. But Mm. uh, if you're not really aware of, for example, hidden sugars and salts, what can be extreme amounts. Like, for example, I... I'm lucky in a way because I don't like um, sodas like Coca-Colas or that stuff like that. I just don't like it. But for example, if you drink that every day, it's a lot of sugar that you get from it. Already meals also, they have a lot of sh- hidden sugars and salts and stuff like that. And even even smoothies like that, they look healthy, but they have you know, a lot of sugar in them, for example. Those are actually not necessarily good for acid reflux either. I was kind of <laughs> bummed out to find that out. I mean, I have like protein mix here, and I'll make, I can mix in from fruit, maybe a little ice cream <laughs> is the best thing. Or, like, you know, or, you know, like I drink lactate now, not regular milk, but you can mix it up. There are, there are things that, yeah, definitely seem healthier than they, but they're not. And also sugar is, is an issue. 
I mean, when you're touring, does your schedule change? Like, I'm a nocturnal person. It's actually very easy for me to go to California because I just knock three hours off my schedule. And I just, instead of going to bed at 4 a.m., I go to bed at 1 a.m. And then, huh. and then like in Europe, yeah. it, Europe, I get screwed up. I'm just, I actually go to bed early and get up early in Europe. I become a morning person in Europe. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, it can be very challenging on tour sometimes because, um, First of all, for, for example, if you fly to the States, you already have a massive time difference and you have to like get used to it very quickly. And then you go through all these time zones and, and you know, it, it changes and changes and you, your head is going to be completely uh, confused. So, yeah, it can be a little bit tricky. Uh, and I'm not the best sleeper in general. I'm quite like... Uh, it's not easy for me to sleep on the bus and stuff. So, yeah, it can be quite exhausting sometimes. Are you a light sleeper? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. So I, I, I use earplugs and everything, but still, it it can be difficult. So so yeah, but I mean, it's it really is again getting used to it, uh, and then just getting on with it as well. So you just you know you have to. I think on tour, I mostly don't ever. I don't really drink coffee ever, but on tours, <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes make an exception. <laughs> so you, you know, you to, just to get a kick. So, I mean, uh, so in other words, when you're doing a lot more, and, and if it's not, if it's a short tour, it's one thing. But if you're traveling the world, then yeah, <laughs> I never got into drinking coffee. I, my parents drank it. Yeah, I don't also. Don't my, my mother, my mother, my dad do. My brother and I don't. Mm. I probably could use it sometimes. I mean, lately, yeah, I've gotten. There's an interesting article I was reading about how, and I and I do this myself. If you people who are working a lot, even during the pandemic, you end up staying up later because you're trying to sort of reclaim some free time. Like I love my job, but there's days I have to do things that are just like my job. I mean, I enjoy interviews and writing, but there's other things I have to deal with also. And and I, you know, I, I'll, I'll get, I'll go down like a YouTube wormhole where I can put on YouTube right before I go to bed. I'm like, oh, there's that video. Oh, there's ah, that video. Yeah, okay. And then suddenly an hour and a half later, I'm like, ah. Oh. And then, <laughs> then I, and I, I am a light sleeper like you. So like, it's, it's rough. It takes me longer to fall asleep. And then yeah. if you're giving yourself less time to sleep, it's weird though. I can fall asleep very quickly and just fall asleep and start dreaming within like 20, 30 minutes, which is probably maybe, I don't know how normal that is, but. Yeah. Yeah, that depends as well for me. But I would love to be one of those people, like my father, for example. He lays down for a nap and he falls asleep in five minutes, and yeah. or five seconds almost, and he's snoring. And then uh, also people who can just sleep like five, six hours and they're fine. But I'm like a baby. I need a lot of sleep. <laughs> I know I do too. And, I, and I, as I'm getting older, I'm like, I really do, I can't pull off the all-nighters anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 painful. So yeah, and I need to start eating better. So I'll, I'll make sure that I, I was talking to my doctor about that yesterday. I mean, it's easy. It's easy to fall into certain traps. And it sounds like you're very disciplined because a lot of people go out on the road. And I'm sure catering is not always the best. Yeah, I, I, I've had this thing that I always talk about that I, I'm trying to had as a kid, my parents had it for us that we had a candy day. So it was every Saturday. So one day a week, ah. we had a little bit of candy. So I try to do that so I don't feel like I'm tempted all the time. You know, I just decide, okay, I'm just not going to eat anything. And then I have that one day that I can eat whatever I want. And then, of course, sometimes, you know, you have something a little bit. But in general, it's not like every day. Like you say on catering, you have always chocolate or something. They're like, if you every day eat it, then I don't feel so good because it just takes the energy levels kind yeah. of up and down, up and down. So it's just better for the immune system as well, just not to eat sugar all the time. No, it's true. Getting back to exercise, 
Have you been on tour and, and learned some new things from somebody? Did you have like any workout buddies from other bands or people that taught you something new? Well, let me think. I don't think I did, unfortunately. I think I was a bit of a lone wolf in that department. There was some people, but they had different schedules, so we couldn't really combine if they had to, you know, they're from other bands, so they needed to be in the venue when I went to the gym and then other way around. Um, so, yeah, it didn't really work out that, that way. But, but I'm just happy to, you know, even a little bit of something to sometimes it's just, you know, doing a bit of stretching or yoga stuff in the, at, the, at the venue as well. I did, sometimes did that just to get some movement <laughs> in because you're sitting and laying on the bus so much. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I envy the fact that you guys get to tour a lot, but then I also know the reality of touring is you oftentimes yeah. see the tour bus in the back of a venue. You do a little sightseeing. And there's expectations you have to fulfill throughout the day if there's meet and greets and the show and and, uh, and business stuff. Sure. But it sounds like it seems like you're, you're two albums in now, so I assume you've adjusted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really kind of it went really smoothly right from the start, to be honest. It's and now it's been like, yeah, how long? Five years. Five years almost. Yeah. So it just feels kind of like it was always <laughs> like this in a way. Oh, that's good, actually. Well, it's cool. Yeah, it's fun for me to watch the classical stuff, you know, and to see that the two different sides. Mm. It's sort of surreal because I grew up in the 80s. So I grew up with the, the when thrash metal was getting big and sort of the roots of black metal and when heavy metal exploded. So the classical thing like Candlemass was an anomaly back then, you know, a, yeah, a, a, okay. an actual opera singer in a band and a metal band. And now it's like we're 25 years into the whole symphonic metal thing. So yeah. it's it's so different now to, to see that to see that going and uh i guess it's surreal to see you guys doing a club and then a festival and then like a cruise ship it's just like you have all these venues and i guess performing classical music you have performed in intimate venues before like small recitals so i guess it's made it easier for you in the clubs yeah i mean for me it's not really about the size uh, of the venue or anything it's really more about like just the vibes some of the best shows were in the very small venues and small clubs and and some of the ones that you would think are the most amazing ones like the really huge ones it's not always the best gig for you because you feel very far away in a way like from the audience and you don't really feel them you, know, you don't get much even though if they are giving back but you don't somehow experience it in the same way so for me it's not really about the size of the venue it's just yeah like the vibe and and other factors, I guess, how you feel yourself on the day and stuff like that. Well, hopefully, we'll be seeing you guys out on the road uh, sometime soon yeah, <laughs> in a few months. I hope so too. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. My pleasure. Hopefully, talk to you soon and take yeah. care. Stay out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me know if there's any other classical things you do that come up. Sure. My mom's a classically trained pianist and she's a piano teacher, so I should send it to her, actually. I think she'd appreciate it. Okay, cool. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Alina. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That wraps up the latest Side Jams. Please join me next time when my guest will be Diamante. As always, my theme music comes from Fox and the Law, licensed through AudioSocket. Thank you very much for listening and your support.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 